Welcome to the Dermatology Interest Group Association podcast, or DIGA podcast, where we talk about everything from how to become a stellar dermatology applicant to interesting topics in dermatology. From research advice to interviewing tips, you will be prepared to follow the path to become a world-class dermatologist. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I am your host, Nate Marohan, and on today's episode, we are joined by Dr. Ashley Rice. She is the Associate Program Director at Campbell University Sampson Regional Medical Center Dermatology Residency Program, and she gives us great advice for what she looks for in an applicant. With that being said, we'll see you on the skin side. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am joined today by Dr. Ashley Rice, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Ashley Rice. I'm one of the, uh, I'm an assistant program director at the Campbell University Sampson Regional Medical Center Dermatology Program in Wilmington, North Carolina. That's awesome. And one of the reasons Dr. Cade Pulsifer, we had him on the show, he told me to reach out to you because you graduated from the program and now you're part of the faculty and associate program director. Um, I was curious on when you chose dermatology and when you knew that was for you. So I went into medical school pretty much knowing that I wanted to do dermatology. A little bit cliche, but I had really bad acne growing up. And so I was kind of introduced to dermatology pretty early on. I did keep an open mind in my first year of medical school, but anytime we had lectures on dermatology, which was pretty infrequent, I would say the the education in medical school is kind of lacking in that sense. Um, But I was always fascinated by it. And so it really kind of reaffirmed that that's something that I wanted to do. And um, I just love the aspect of you have medical dermatology, then you have procedural and cosmetics. So I felt like there was such a good variety and you never really got bored um, in dermatology. And Uh, My favorite thing about it is that the biggest tool is really yourself. You know, you don't have to focus so much on labs and imaging and things like that. It's really your clinical judgment. You're the biggest, you know, tool. So that's why. I think that's awesome. And and that it's such a um, visual specialty that using that tool yourself to solve the problem or get down to a diagnosis is kind of, kind of satisfying, kind of the same, same thing of. It's versatile. There's so much you can do. And I've said this before because a resident said this on the show is you can't get bored because if you do, you can kind of pivot to a different facet mm-hmm. of dermatology. So I think that's awesome too. And I do want to point out that the uh, the training you get in med school is very, very minimal. I think here at RVU or where I'm at in our Rocky Vista, it's only like two weeks in our second year. And that's the only amount of dermatology we get. So wish that would change. Yeah, I agree. I think I we had one two-hour lecture um, and then it was kind of sprinkled in here and there with the different blocks that we had but once you get into residency you realize how much you don't know of dermatology that's what they say from people I know that matches that jump from intern year to year two is such a big jump because you're learning like it's like starting med school over the the water hose from the fired hydrant or whatever the saying is you're just taking it to the face yeah absolutely So I was curious on what made you want to do uh, academic medicine or train the next generation of dermatologists. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did my training where I'm currently the assistant program director. And we, 
our program is really kind of designed to really support that mentorship. So once you get into your last year, you're automatically the chief. So we have two chiefs um, and you take a huge leadership role in terms of training, you know, the second and first year dermatology residents. And I loved it. I love teaching. I love training. Um, I think having a mentor is really important into getting into dermatology. And the thing that's nice about having graduated pretty recently and not being so far removed from the process is that I have a better understanding of what medical students and residents go through. So <laughs> it's good that we have, you know, attendings with tons of experience who give a lot of different pearls and insights. Mm -hmm. um, but I also bring that aspect of, I know what it's like to be in shoes. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Again, they like you said, they all have the the experience in the clinical pearls, but kind of having that situation of just graduating or recently just graduating and having that nervousness or that unsure feeling of being a resident or trying to match into a dermatology residency is something that we I'm currently dealing with and people are behind me dealing. So it's good to have someone that can, you can relate to and talk to about that issue or feeling. Yeah, absolutely. So I do want to talk about that. You talked about having a mentor in dermatology. I think that's something that I've gotten a lot from this podcast is people are saying it's good to know a lot of people and talk to people and build strong relationships. And I think that's what's kind of beneficial about this podcast. We like to call it distance mentoring. We're getting the information to the students. And I just, again, I just want to thank you for being on already and starting this conversation. So I just want to put that out there as well. Of course. Um, so in our school, we have a mentorship program kind of built in. So I went um, to a high university medical school, and we had something called the comrade system. So you, it was really nice in the sense that they kind of sent out a survey before I even started medical school to see our interests. And then they um, hooked me up with someone who was interested in dermatology. And so I really credit a lot of getting into dermatology to my mentor. Um, her name was Megan and she was awesome. So um, she kind of gave me the insights into, you know, tips on what to do during rotations, what programs were out there and um, which ones were kind of great and um, pros and cons of each one. So without that, I wouldn't have had any idea. Um, you know, especially a lot of the DO medical schools, they're very primary care focused, which I mm -hmm. think is wonderful. But if you're someone who wants to pursue a specialty, you can kind of feel a little bit lost. And mm -hmm. um, that's why I think mentorship is really important. I agree. I think that's something that's very, very important. I think a lot of students can take that little piece away from you right now is trying to reach out to residents that have matched in the last three or four years and just try to make connections because they will give you the advice. They can give you advice on their program. They can give you advice as all the places they've rotated in their fourth year trying to match. And mm -hmm. it's just a good source because when they're an alumni, they want to help other uh, students from that program or from that school. So I think mm -hmm. that's a, a cool program that your school had and uh, sounds yeah. awesome. Definitely. So big question I like to ask about pr programs specifically is what do you think makes your program stand out amongst all the other programs in the country? I 
loved how our didactics were set up and the exposure that we got in not only just general dermatology, but also surgical dermatology. Um, we really kind of keep in mind that you it is a huge learning curve going from internship into residency and you need that protected time to kind of learn and study and really hone in on dermatology specifically. Um, so we build that into your schedule a lot. And then in terms of patients, we see a ton of general dermatology. So you really get comfortable with that bread and butter mm -hmm. kind of that you're going to be seeing a lot of. Um, so I felt super prepared whenever I graduated. And, um, and then you get to do a ton of surgeries. And it's not just shadowing or watching, you're actually hands-on doing the surgeries. So as a first year, once you've been there about six months, you get your own surgeries on your residence schedule. Um, so I was already signed off on every single thing I had to do to graduate residency by the end of um, first year mainly, and then a few cosmetic stuff the beginning of my second year. I think that's awesome. And it can, you kind of already answered the question that I had in my mind is do, do residents have autonomy? And that tells you right there that you do. And yes. I think that's really important as a student trying to look into residencies of how am I going to be success, success, set up to be successful when I graduate from residency? And this sounds, your program sounds like they're going to set you up to be hit the ground running as soon as you get out. Absolutely. And the nice thing about it too, is that you have a ton of autonomy, but we're also there as your safety net. Mm -hmm. So we're always in the same building. We see the patients after you see them. So you never feel like you're alone okay. and you can always reach out to us if you need us there. Um, so it, it's not too much pressure. On That's you. good too, because I can yeah. imagine jumping in and obviously taking over your first patient as a dermatologist and just kind of like your brain running, everything running through your brain, being a little nervous. So that's good that that supports there. Mm -hmm. So I was curious with pass fail, my class is 2024. The class just matched. They're the last class to have board scores for step one and level one. I was curious for class 24 and behind, how will your program or programs in general, if you have any idea, will be assessing mm -hmm. scores in that sense, maybe step two, level two. I think, you know, we're definitely going to look at step two and level mm -hmm. two. Um, and then we've been kind of mauling it over what type of metric that we'll look at. Um, because, you know, for me, scores are not the end all be all. It's not just because you do well or do poorly does not always indicate how you're going to be as a clinician. Um, so there's so many different facets that we take a look at, but realistically, we have to have some type of cutoff. And the reason that they do that is because um, if you're successful at a certain point, then you're going to pass your boards in dermatology. And so we want you to be a well-rounded clinician, but we also want you to be able to pass and be able to obtain a dermatology license, you know, to practice. Um, so I think right now we're probably going to focus a lot on step two, level two. And then um, a big thing for me is auditions. That's one of my favorite things to really get to know students. Um I definitely think that's kind of where you can shine too. 
Okay. I don't know if you're allowed to answer this, but do you have a minimum cutoff score for a step two or a lo- uh, uh-huh. not really step one anymore, but level two, step two, possibly? Traditionally, it was 650. Um, and there's some caveats to that. So most of the time, it's kind of 650 and above. And then you know, from my viewpoint, once you get an interview or we invite you to a audition, then academically, you are good at what you do. You know, you we know you perform well. So mm-hmm. I don't really take into account if oh, someone has like a 700 or 800 versus someone has like a 650. Okay. If you've gotten to the point where we've offered you an a interview then you deserve to be there and it's about your personality your other attributes on your application and how you fit in with the program I think like the classic saying they said when we were trying to get into medical school is like do they want to hang out with you do they want to see you every day do they want to work with you they've already screened I guess screened if you can use it because you have to have a a Mm -hmm. number to siphon out all these competitive applicants but I already looked at the application so now how do you fit well with this program are you going to gel with the residents and the faculty And are you going to be well with the patients that are at this patient populations that's around at our offices? And again, I'm not matched yet, but that's just kind of my thought process. And I hope that when that time comes for me next year, that's what I see. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely really, really important. And what I tell, there's so many good programs out there, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the program for you. Um, It's you spend so much time with your co-residents. It's really important that you feel comfortable and you love what you're doing. Um, you know, whether that is an academic center or more a community-based center, I think you'll get to kind of tease that out once you do auditions, which is, again, why I think auditions is so important, not just for us as, you know, program directors, assistant program directors, but as applicants. So you really see if you... Um, kind of mesh and get along. And one of the things that I think is also interesting and to kind of keep in mind whenever you're rotating is what does the program show you? So I was at, I did a couple of auditions where they didn't let me see, you know, the didactics or the resident clinic, things like that. And you kind of have to ask yourself why, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you're proud of your program, then there's nothing that's off limits to show Okay. So that kind of makes me piggyback off that is what should a student be looking for in a program? Again, we're so focused on matching. We're so focused on just finding a spot because it's difficult. We also have to take an account of what we should be looking for. So I was curious on your thoughts on what students should be looking for. Um, for me, I wanted a really strong didactic program because again, there's so much that you have to learn. And then a lot of experience. I didn't care so much about research, I would say. So a huge research focus academic center was not something for me, but that is something to keep in mind. So what you want community-based or you want more academic-based. The other thing is looking at the camaraderie between Mm -hmm. the residents and the attendings. Um, You know, medicine is so, it's such a fascinating field to be into and um, it can be isolating at times. So, you know, my biggest thing is you want it to feel like a family because you want to love to be there. You want to be happy or you're not going to want to 
take care of patients and you just have to be physically, mentally healthy where you're at in order to succeed, in my personal opinion. So I'm pretty big about balance of, you know, yes, this is your work, but you also have to have a good life too. Mm -hmm. So you want to enjoy it. Um, So looking at those things too. I think that's great advice. Again, it's, you don't want to say, oh, just dermatology, just because of the lifestyle, but it is a benefit of being a dermatologist. And I think that's, like, you hit it on the head. I, I love to say that as like, if my family's happy and my wife and my kids are happy, I bet yeah. you I'll be a hundred times better doctor to my patients because of that. And, you know, and I mean, you know, I think that's very important that you said having that, that balance, because again, you're not one, per, you're not one facet, you're not just medicine, you're human. And you have so many things going on in your life that you need to be able to balance and not become overwhelmed. And I'd like that you said the family uh, your program is like a family because then you can talk to them, you can open up and you can feel better and say, Hey, we're all going through this and residency is hard and just kind of let out your feelings and, and dip, decompress if you need to. Absolutely. Because I want you guys to get as much as you can out of residency as possible, because once you graduate, it, it is harder to do. Yeah. You know, you don't have the stress of having to take exams and mm-hmm. things like that, but um at the end of the day when you're attending though that schedule is your schedule if you, it's harder to take off it's harder mm-hmm. to enjoy things so as a resident we in our program we really encourage residents to go to conferences and um you know network and kind of find get as much knowledge from different people that you can and you take little pieces from mm-hmm you know, attending the faculty and kind of make it your own and how you want to practice. And um, also to enjoy, like, Wilmington is such a wonderful area to live. <laughs> I was going to ask. That's what I wanted to ask about. Yeah. yeah, there's downtown. There's so many good restaurants. So I want you guys to be able to enjoy that and still live life and enjoy your families and um, very big proponent of work-life balance. Okay. I, I think medicine is hopefully the landscape of it is definitely changing. Um, and we're not so focused on, you have to work, you know, 24 mm. seven and <laughs> only do medicine. Yeah, I agree. Um, to sidestep, I was curious on what's your favorite part of Wilmington? What do you love to do? I love trying new foods. Okay. Um, there's, I, I can't even count how many good restaurants there are here. Um, and it's interesting because it's a beach town, but it's not a lot of chain food either. Okay. It's a lot of original restaurants. So um, a lot of times I'll we'll go out with some of the residents. We'll get dinner and, um, you know, we have journal club at various restaurants around Wilmington too. So it's nice. That's pretty awesome. And again, it's it's hard to match, but you also kind of want to be in a place where you're going to be happy. And kind of for me, I grew up in Southern California. I lived in San Diego when I was in the military for a decade. And yeah. like coming, living somewhere near the beach is kind of where my wife and I want to be, hopefully. You know, we mm-hmm. can't always choose, but having that that outside life, like you said, is very key. And I think that's where you find happiness is where you're going to be successful too. So yeah, definitely. Um you know, I was married when I started residency and it was important that I could go to an area where my husband had job opportunity mm-hmm. and that he was happy. And um, Wilmington's definitely been it for both. We're both from Ohio, a small okay. town in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And we chose to stay in Wilmington because we loved it so much. Um, 
it's kind of nice because it's a it's not a huge town by any it's not small but it's not huge but it still has like a bigger feel mm-hmm. because there's so much to do yeah that's mm-hmm. fun so what part of ohio are you from portsmouth ohio okay. southern my uh father-in-law grew up in ohio in independence outside of cleveland uh, and then he moved to California, but uh, so we go back every every summer or try to every summer. So I didn't know if it was near Cleveland yeah. or not. So no, I was the whole opposite way. But I okay. did do some of my clinical rotations in the Akron, Cleveland okay. area. Okay. Weather's too cold for me, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my father-in-law was like, "Yeah, it's going to be really cold there if you move there, you know." So make a decision. <laughs> so, but we live in Denver, and it's been. It's been not bad here. The winters aren't too bad. There's 300 days of sunshine, but this winter has been pretty chilly this year. So we'll see. Yeah. To jump back on on track to the topic of the subject, uh, I was curious on what you look for in an applicant when they're coming on an audition or when they're applying to your program. You told us what we should be looking for. I was curious on what you specifically look for in a student. Um, of course, you know, we look at scores and how, your performance in the classroom. Um, you know, that's kind of one aspect, but really looking for well-rounded people. I really get a lot out of auditions. So I understand that medical schools limit the amount of rotations that you can do. So I appreciate if someone just reaches out and wants to do like a Zoom, you know, 30-minute introduction or something, because mm-hmm. um, I kind of tend to focus more on those people instead of people who've never even reached out about our program at all. Just kind of sometimes that seems like they're just blanket applying to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big, important thing. I, In terms of research, I, I'm not a huge research person, so I don't really focus so much on that. Like, oh, they only have a couple publication versus this person who's mm-hmm. had. 10 publications. Um, One thing I will notice, though, is if you have research or volunteer activities or anything like that in a different specialty, and it's all that specialty. So say someone has experiences in only ENT, but they're applying to our program. I kind of question it was what happened was there a switch was it a rotation that you want on and um so I do appreciate it if people explain those discrepancy in their application um yeah that's that's pretty much for kind of a balanced I know it's so cliche but it's okay I love it I love the straightforwardness and that's why I enjoy this (laughs) podcast because you just look online and it's like, you need the score. You need to be first in your class and you need the stuff. And sure, you, like you said, that helps. But being a well-balanced applicant, having experiences that you can act on or talk on and speak on and show your passion is also very, very important, I feel like. Um, yeah. And we'll find out next year. But uh, I, I feel like that's important. Yeah, definitely is, in my opinion. So curious on, you guys have a Moe's Fellowship. Mm-hmm. And I was curious on how... How often is it one of the the residents that match into that fellowship? Is it, do you get a lot of outside applicants? Is it from the residents? Mm -hmm. Well, our most fellowship is fairly new. Mm -hmm. So as of this point, only residents who have been in our program have matched. Um, And that's just because it was 
really started because of a lot of residents in our program wanted to go into Mohs. And Dr. Crane is big on if you have a dream in dermatology, let him know because he is going to do everything he can to make it happen. It's awesome. Um, yeah, it's it's really awesome the amount of support that we get um, from faculty and Dr. Crane in general. So it started with one Dr. Maxfield, Luke Maxfield was our first Mose Fellow, and he's the one who always wanted to go into Mose Fellowship and loved the area. And Dr. Crane was like gung ho, let's make mm-hmm. it happen. So they kind of got it started, and he was our first fellow, okay. and then. Um, Dr. Harper, who just graduated, was our second fellow, but we are going to open it up to other applicants mm. as well. Okay. Um, yeah. That's great to hear that the program is receptive to what you want as a resident as well, because that's something you should be looking, we should be looking for as, a, as an applicant as well. Are they going to listen to my needs? Are they going to give me what I need if it's cosmetics or if it's Derm Path or it's Mohs or it's Peds? Are those avenues going to be available for me? And I think that's awesome to hear that, that your program does that. Oh yeah, definitely. We're we're big on trying to get you where you need to be. And even um, so our internship program through Samson, there's two interns that are directly linked to mm-hmm. our dermatology residency. And then there's two interns that have no link. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times they are interested in dermatology and we've they have a hundred percent match rate. So we've also, even though we knew we couldn't take them directly that year, cause we already matched, mm-hmm. um, we will reach out to program directors and other programs who we know have spots and try to get them connected to. So awesome. um, we really want residents to, in, to succeed and get to where they want to be. I love that. I was curious if that linked uh, intern year is that a guarantee you have to apply, you have to apply an uh, interview for it but is it guaranteed if you match into the dermatology residency you get that spot for the yeah. intern year okay yeah okay um I think there's the way that the match is you can technically do an internship somewhere mm-hmm. else depending on how you rank it um but it's designed to if you match into those two linked ones you directly get into the dermatology program okay. awesome so my next question is, are there opportunities for students to get involved with like if you have virtual grand rounds or virtual didactics or volunteering or jumping on research projects with any of your residents? Absolutely. We have virtual didactics that people can get involved in, um, audition rotations. They're a week long. Uh, a lot of the residents have research you know, case reports, posters, things like that, that they're happy for medical students to help with. And pretty much if you reach out to our program coordinator or any of the chief residents, it's a good way to kind of get linked up and um, tons, tons of ways to get involved in our program. Okay. I guess my final question I like to ask is, are there any, is there any advice you have for a first year, second year, third year, and fourth year medical student, just because we know each step's a little different along the journey? I was curious on what you can give to the students that are listening. Yeah, I would say for first year, definitely keeping an open mind. You know, you, you go into medicine in a certain direction, but just kind of enjoy your rotations that you're on, enjoy the blocks to really make sure that that is what you want to do. Like Mm -hmm. I said, 
want to love what you do and you want to be happy. So, you know, just get through first year and keep an open mind. Um, second year, I would say, you know, you start to kind of realize what exactly you want to do, although it's okay if you change it once you do rotations um, and kind of focus on doing well on the boards and things like that. Um, and then, but I would still say, enjoy yourselves. Don't just like stick your nose in a book and yeah. not do anything. You're going to be miserable. <laughs> so still enjoy life. Third year, I would start focusing on reaching out to programs, not Every program can take you as a rotator as a third year that sometimes is more fourth year, but just getting those connections early, those mentorships, things like that is important. And then fourth year, I, I really focus on audition rota. I think now, of course, when I applied, I had to apply twice. So I had to apply through the match for an internship and I had to apply for a dermatology mm -hmm. separate. It was when they weren't linked. So I mm -hmm. did. 12 audition rotations, um, which was kind of crazy, but I would try to do as many as you possibly can try to connect with as many residents, research, things like that to really get into the specialty that you want. I love that. I think the stats show if you do six or seven auditions, you're likely to get possibly get six or seven interviews. And then if you're a DO, anything above like seven or eight, you should be matching statistically. Okay. Um, so I think, uh, Having more auditions is amazing. And I think just, again, you can kind of, like you said, show people who you are, even if your scores aren't the best, you know, they're given out the best. You can go and show who you are and uh, show your work ethic and show who you'll be as a resident. So I think that's, I think that's some key advice you just gave. Yeah, because I mean, everyone looks good on paper nowadays. Everyone looks, it's so hard to stand out just mm -hmm. on the application because let's be real. We all do the same things. We all do research. We all volunteer. You know, we all do well academically. Mm -hmm. So I like to see what makes you unique, what makes you different. And when you go to interviews, biggest thing is know why you like the program you're interviewing at, even if you don't like the program. <laughs> yeah. Because I've asked so many times, why did you choose to interview with us, what makes you want to be at our program? And you'd be surprised how many people don't have an answer because you can tell that they just want to get in somewhere. Right. So I would definitely make sure you research the program. Great, great advice again. So I just want to thank you for being on. And if you have any life advice you want to give us students, uh, that'd be great. If not, we could sign off. Um, yeah, biggest life advice is just enjoy yourselves. You know, don't get so boggled down and stressed by all the, the like I said medicine can be so isolating and I really hope the landscape is of it is changing and people are taking care of themselves more often but um take time to do the things you like to do you know keep your hobby if, whether that's going to the gym or to the beach or, use your sunscreen though if you're going to, <laughs> um, yep. or you know traveling just don't forget that we're all humans we have to take care of ourselves too um and because uh, otherwise you're going to burn out way too quickly. Love it. Thank you for your time. We'll see you on the next one, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Diga podcast. We hope you enjoyed. 
Please send us any questions or comments to dermeinterestpod at gmail.com. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.